You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lintonello. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I'm out here in Tennessee, and Tom's up in Kenosha, Wisconsin, surrounded by gremlins, marlins, and pacers. How's it going up there, Tom? Honestly, it's amazing. Seriously. I just, I cannot tell you enough how how much fun this is. It's just a blast being here in Kenosha, and, uh, you know, as the locals call them, uh, a lot of Kenosha Cadillacs running around uh, out here. I'll, I'll bet there's north of 400 cars of all American Motors, Nash, uh, family-related automobiles um, here, and uh, it's in one of the best settings I've ever seen uh, for a car show. And I, I, I've been here before. I came here first quite a number of years back uh, for uh, what's called the Kenosha Homecoming. And uh, for those that aren't aware, uh, Nash Motors, and of course prior to that, the Thomas B. Jeffrey Company, started here in Kenosha, Wisconsin. They had a plant down on the lakefront, and uh, they included uh, <clears throat> the original Ramblers uh, made by the Thomas B. Jeffrey Company, and then the Mitchell Motor Car Company, and then it was all changed over to Nash Motor Car Company in 1916, and uh, then in 1954, Nash and Hudson Motor Car Company formed, uh, merged to form American Motors, and AMC ran all the way through to purchased by Chrysler in 1987, and then uh, 1988 was the final year for uh, American Motors. Uh, so where's the show? Chrysler. On the lake, show the show is down here on the lakefront, and it's amazing. Pennoyer, it stretches from like what's called Pennoyer Park over to Kennedy Park, and it's on Lake Michigan here. And the weather's been awesome. I know the weather's been oppressive, and you know there've been some horrific floods and things of that nature. But here in Kenosha, we've had it's been 78 degrees during the day with a light breeze wow. coming in off Lake Michigan. I, it's amazing. Seriously, it's been one of the and best how shows uh, Are there any, like, you know, incredibly restored gremlins and paces and marlins and, you know, ramblers and things like that? I mean, to a really good high level? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, they're, so Thursday, well, it all kicked off Wednesday with, uh, believe it or not, AMC Drags. Um, there's the there's a uh, dragster. I don't know, probably 10 miles uh, outside of town here. I uh, went out there Wednesday night, and uh, there was a large group of uh, AMC drag racers. You know, cars tuned to the nth degree, but all running AMC power. Um, you know, no LS1 crate motors in those cars. Uh, and then Thursday, yep, 390s, 401s, 343s. And then... Thursday, they had the Gremlin get-together, and there were 30-some-odd Gremlins um, at one location here at the Thomas B. Jeffrey School, and uh, that was a bit fun. Impeccably restored. Oh, it was a blast. I mean, I really? can't imagine it, that there have been 30-some-odd Gremlins together since since they quit building, you know? It's really now, how often is but, this show? Comes comes about every three years. It's 
hosted by the uh, Kenosha History uh, Center. So three years. I got to make it yeah. next time. It sounds interesting. Sounds different. It's a blast. Seriously, it is. It's a lot of fun. Um, you know, Kenosha had a lot of uh, social upheaval last year and some issues, but I, I got to give it to them. Uh, they have cleaned this place up big time. I mean, you can't even tell they ever had a problem the other year. And uh, it's really nice, nice town, beautiful park. Seriously, I can't express how nice it is down here. And the weather doesn't hurt. So either. did you? So did you look at any other cars besides Hudson? Oh, shoot, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, I know you we'll got talk about running it. in your blood. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um, now this is the home of the uh, Kenosha Hudson, which uh, in uh, 1954 was last year for the step down. And uh, after National American Motors merged, they moved all of the Hudson production here to Kenosha. Hudson's and Nash's came down the line right next to one another. And, uh, but they, you know, they weren't the same. Don't get, you know, don't get me wrong. Um, I'm really fond of the step towns, but I also have a 1957 Hudson, uh, which is a, uh, interesting styling study. If you get a chance, take a look at the 57 Hudson. It's got a lot of styling issues. It's called V, V styling. Um, it was called, it's kind of crazy. You either love it or hate it. So are there a lot of Nash's and uh, Hudson taking part in the show as well? There's going to be quite a few today. To, to this point, uh, there's been uh, mostly mostly AMCs. And yep. there's a big show down uh, on the park today. I haven't had a chance to walk down to the other end there, but there are definitely Nash's here. I, I saw a beautiful uh, late 30s Nash ambassador drive by uh, 54 ambassador, 53 ambassador. So there's a bunch of stuff here, and there's definitely. Uh, I saw the back end of a 57 Hudson. So um, they're all here. It's well, hopefully, hopefully show. maybe a hopefully maybe a uh, Kenosha Duesenberg will show up in the form of a 34 Nash with a twin spark ignition engine. That was a very well made automobile and uh, very classy. You know, oh, so yeah. it'd be nice to see one of those. Yep. Kenosha Duesenberg. Yeah. Yeah. People, few people realize that, uh, you know, during the early 30s, Nash built a really, really high-end car. You know, they're well they known did. for producing Ramblers, but not high-end luxury cars. Those are awesome, awesome, well-built cars. Really yeah, the detailing is incredible. I mean, you, you look at the door handles and the switch gears and the dashboard, and it has all these, you know, Intricate carvings and stuff, and made that absolutely stunning automobiles on the same level of, uh, you know, Duesenberg or, you know, even uh, a high end Cadillac or Lincoln. Absolutely stunning cars. So hopefully you'll get to see one or two today. Yeah, yeah, looking, looking forward to it. Like I said, I, I guarantee you there's going to be over 400 cars out there. And, uh, the, uh, vendors flea market started yesterday and literally hundreds of vendors. Um, which is wow. amazing for a mark, uh, a mark event, you know, a single mark event. Usually don't see that many vendors, but of course, you know, we're in the home of, uh, home of 
Nash, Hudson, Rambler, a lot of the people here, there's still quite a number of guys. I talked to several guys uh, yesterday, uh, one that uh, started working for American Motors in 1958, uh, and he 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 retired from there in uh, in 88, Um, so he was there all the way to the end. a lot of a lot of guys. Some of the designers are here too, Vince Vince Garacci and and some others. Um, so it, it's it's really cool. It's a good opportunity to you know get out there and mix it up with people and catch up with some history as well as parts and everything else. Well, it is kind of sad, you know. There's going to be over 400 cars in a car show, and uh, there's not going to be a single Triumph. I mean, oof, boy, <laughs> that is depressing. <laughs> So that means well, there won't be no oil stains on the grass. <laughs> no, no oil stains. No, uh, no dust pans to sweep up bits and pieces of rust cars. Oh, well, well, you have a good time in, uh, Kenosha. Good for you. Yeah. Hey, yeah. you gotta come the next time. It's been a long time because, of course, um, it was originally slated to be held here in 2020. And, uh, of course, we know what happened with COVID and everything. So it's actually been five years. So, uh, some pent up demand up here in Kenosha. It's a great time. Wow. If you live anywhere yeah. nearby, you got to get down there to the park and check it out, even if you're not an AMC Nash fan. Well, hopefully I'll make it to the next meet. You gotta come. Gotta be there. I'm gonna be well, there. What more do you need? Well, I'm heading, I know. Well, you know, Triumphs. That's why I'm heading to Dayton, Ohio next week to attend the Dayton uh, British Car Day across from the Air Force Museum. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, Triumphs galore. There won't be any Nashes or Hudsons, of course. But, hey, it's a different theme. So, uh, you know, you got to pick and choose. There's so many car events around the country. you got to pick and choose now, especially with gas being what it is. But, uh yeah, it's always great hanging out with car people, especially the unusual ones like, you know, collecting AMC. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, get a chance. Maybe you could hotwire a 69 Go Pack AMX for me. 394 Street. I love that car. Yeah, they're, they're here, uh, you know, all in big bad colors, you know, big bad orange green. Just great stuff. Uh, six, you know, 67, 68 Rebels. I picked up some parts for myself, too, while I was here. Um, the 1970 machine came with what are known within the hobby uh, as machine wheels, and it's kind of crazy. They're 15-inch rims, but they're made with permanently, or what are supposed to be permanently attached trim rings. And what happens is, yeah, most people yeah. assume that trim rings pop off, okay? And so over the years, the cars get into new hands. People try to take these trim rings off to repaint the rims. And they start prying on them. And it tears them. It was. And uh, so... You got a good set? You know, I didn't get a good set, but I got a partial set, okay, which is fine. You know, I have a 70 machine that I'm working on. Um, got... 90% of the body and finish paint done and rims are something I gotta have and the car originally came with two really great rims with beautiful permanent trim rings still attached nobody had messed with them but somebody had pried the, uh, the 
pried two of them off, and they were missing. And uh, uh, sadly, uh, those wheels don't fall into the affordable section of the hobby. Okay. I was going to say, I'm sure you paid more than $40. No, yeah, 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 probably more than 40 bucks. They, they actually, yeah. a, a really nice set goes for anywhere between 3 and 4K. And, um, You're I'm kidding. Saying, no, no, I'm, I'm wow. kidding. This outfit wow. is absolutely incredibly crazy. And so anyhow, I, I met a guy here and started talking to him. And lo and behold, I didn't see them. He had a set of machine wheels. They needed some work. One trim ring was missing. And so I bought bought the set for less than a fourth of what some some people are asking for. And that's just one big benefit of coming to an event like this. You know, shooting the breeze with people. Right. You never Talk know. tickled. You never know. It's always um, nice to be nice to people, and they'll be nice to you. Oh, absolutely. I uh, also picked up a set of bucket seats for my 68 Rebel SSD convertible. Had this car for a while. Uh, when I bought it, the seats were missing. It's a great, great car. Otherwise, super, no rust. Great car. And I uh, was on Facebook. Okay, time for our first uh, break. Well, we're coming up for a break, so sit on the edge of your seats. We'll be back. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE, or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr drive through time with peace of mind jc taylor when it comes to car magazines are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you then crankshaft is the car magazine for you crankshaft is a 144 page soft cover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories the type of car features you won't find anywhere else It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Stacey Abrams says yes to defund the police as crime is on the rise in Georgia. This November, say no to Stacey Abrams and cast your vote for Brian Kemp. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. We're back. We're back. So, as I was saying, so, I'm, you know, a great contact point these days, you know, getting with the technology. Uh, you know, Facebook is not a great place for a lot of things, uh, and you don't want to spend too much time there. 
but there's a lot of good stuff that goes on there. One is the uh, various automotive groups, and I put out a note on uh, a 6768 uh, AMC Rebel Ambassador Group that I was looking for some seats for this car, and I got a guy that wrote me back, and he was in St. Louis, and he um, said, you know, I'll sell you the seats for, I mean, what I've got in it. Hundred bucks, and he even wow. brought them all the way to Kenosha for me. Cool. And, that's um, a big book. Oh yeah, super super nice guy. It just really goes to tell you know goes to show how many nice people there are in the hobby. He was just really actually really happy that somebody was going to be able to use those seats to complete a car. He was thrilled. He was as happy as I was. It was really a good thing. Good. Good to hear. All right. So, what do we have on the agenda for today? You were still still annoyed the last time I talked to you about uh, all the uh, falsehoods, misrepresentations, and lies out there within the uh, car community, and then uh, misspellings and such. I, I, I even have one of those myself. It's, you know, there is not an E in Camaro, people. There's no E right. in Camaro. It is not Camaro. Miro, it is a Camaro. Yeah, isn't that amazing? How many times you see that? It really is. I'm shocked. It's right there on well, the car. You're you got you're I advertising know. it for sale. It's in the car corral. You can look with your own little beady eyes and see it. There's no E. It's on the side of your car, and you're selling it. It's not a Camaro, for God's sakes. You know the other uh, one with that uh, myth labeling names is. Alpha is A L F A, not A L P H A, like the freaking you know rocket ship or something like that. So it's Alpha. Hey, <laughs> and the other one, and I see this all the time. It's written wrongly in magazines everywhere, uh, on Facebook everywhere. DeSoto and Lamont. Those are two words, oh. people. D-E space S-O-T-O L-E space M-A-N-S You know, those are French derived names. And uh, the two words. Even if you're looking at the Soto literature for the factory, there's a space between the two words. But yet, everyone fails to do that. And it's wrong. If I did that in 8th grade, Sister Marie, she would have whacked me across my hands with the yardstick like she did. Well, she did. Anyway, but, uh, you know... I'm envious of her. I would have loved to have done that. Yeah, man, she was wild. But, uh, you know, you got to spell things correctly, folks. But my biggest beef, and I see this all the time, I even see it in uh, catalogs where people sell parts. It's on websites. It's all over. It, it, it's like a disease. The word grill. Everyone spells it G-R-I-L-L. That's wrong. It's G-R-I-L-L-E. The grill in the front of your car has an E at the end of the word. If it doesn't, then it's a barbecue grill. It's a bar and grill. <laughs> but when it's a grill, like an ornamental piece of metal, like that thing in front of your car, it always has an E at the end. So please, G-R-I-L-L-E. <laughs> and here's another one. 
How many times do you think it had new brakes? B-R-E-A-K-S. Oh. No. That's when you break something in half. It's B-R-A-K. <laughs> well, how about this one? Disc brake. D-I-S-K. No, that's a flying disc. Like a frisbee. It's disc brake. D-I-S-C. Those are two different words. They mean two different things, folks. <laughs> and the other one, I know you and I were talking about this the other day. Uh, a concourse. Tell people what a concourse, C-O-U-C-O-N-C-O-U-R-S-E, when you see it spelled like that. Tell, tell them, what, what is that? Isn't that like a second level mezzanine in like an airport or something? It's a concourse exactly. level? Exactly. Exactly. It's not a concourse. A concourse is C-O-N-C-O-U-R-S. No E. Sometimes no e. you need to add E, sometimes you don't. <laughs> it depends on the word. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like you, you mentioned DeSoto. There's no A in DeSoto. How many times I have see you that heard too? DeSoto. De DeSoto. Right. You know, is it a DeSoto? Oh. So, uh, yeah. Stick with us, folks. We're, we're, we're going to give you an education. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it, it's very important to spell things correctly. You know, uh, it's just a reflection on the person. That's how I always, the way we were taught in uh, Catholic school, you know, spelling is, is like, and the way you speak is like one of the first things that uh, people see and hear when they meet you. And, uh, you know, that's how they, they kind of judge your character. But uh, when I see writings in magazines and I see the word grill without the key, I just, you know, hey, hey, please. Please, well, folks. come on. And, uh, you know, one more time, I'm going to give a gratuitous uh, plug, but uh, you mentioned, you know, reading this stuff. You know, it's one thing for people to speak all of this, but they write it a lot these days, too. And nowhere is incorrect grammar, spelling, etc., etc., more prevalent than on all of these Internet Automotive yes. sites, um, oh, all yeah. these articles. It, seriously, I read them. I'm I'm frightened for our future. I look at it. and I'm like, my God, they can't even spell that. Can't even complete right. sentences. And uh, people are consuming all of this. And there's a lot of incorrect information. Actually, way off. And they talk about stuff that never happened. So. When you're thinking about really wanting to learn about cars, wanting to learn more about your car, learn about other cars, cars the same era as yours, uh, you need to be thinking about Crankshaft Magazine because it's written by people who research things and proofread things and uh, edited by none other than you, of course. And, uh, you know, you've got a whole host of really good contributing uh, writers to Crankshaft. You're not going to find that garbage in there that you find on the Internet. Seriously, folks, a lot of that stuff is just historical poison. It is, it is. I mean, and if, if I have to read another magazine article that calls a station wagon a long roof, I want to pull my hair out. It's not a long roof, it's a station <laughs> wagon. What a, what a stupid nickname for a car. I mean, I can see why they do it, because it has a long roof. But come on, come on. 
Let's act mature. Station. Come on. Station wagon. A long so, Yeah. You know, one thing that I did here that was really interesting is sort of a, a new thing going around, uh, you know, Cadillac. The standard of the world has apparently uh, decided that they want to regain their title as standard of the world. They are going to be building something called the Cadillac Celestique, which is supposedly going to be tailor-made for the buyer, and it's going to sticker for about $300,000. you heard about that? Oh, you, no, I haven't heard about that at all. Yeah. I know you don't read much about new cars, but sounds interesting, but that's a little bit out of my price range. Being a you know struggling publisher, so uh, I guess I won't be buying one. Wait, you mean uh, you're not Randolph Hearst yet? No, not yet. But but you know I I will consider a uh, '57 Cadillac Series 62 convertible. I think those are very cool looking cars. Or maybe even a '49 Fastback. You know, but uh, 350 grand, boy, boy, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Are, are they trying to get back to the old custom coach building days, or what are they trying to do? That's what it. That's what it looks like. Looks like they're trying to recapture that era. Um, the release that I looked at even pointed back to the coach belt cars and the Cadillac Eldorado Brom. Um, Fifty-seven Cadillac Eldorado Brom, which at the time was more expensive most expensive car in the world at the time, I think, or close to it anyway. So is this new one going to have a stainless steel roof also? No, no, no. They've done that with their some of their... Uh, sounds like we're up against the brake again already. Wow, okay. Not yet, gentlemen. Oh, oh, oh. We jumped the gun. <laughs> okay. Maybe, we, maybe Richard just needed... To get some nap time, and there you go. I was just thinking, of, looking out for you, Richard. So we're talking about saving, saving money uh, to get into the collector car hobby, and you know we talk about this a lot. And people think that you know it's cost prohibitive to have an antique car or to participate in the fun. A lot of that, I think, is driven by the fact that people watch. All of these auctions on television, uh, on uh, Motor Trend TV and NBC Sports Channel, whether it's Meekum, whether it's Barry Jackson, uh, you know, those shows, they show the high-end cars when they're coming across the lot, you know, across the lot. They don't ever show you the less expensive cars that are coming across the lot. It's always the high-end, the exciting uh expensive stuff that gets highlighted on TV and so people tend to make the connection that, you know, hey, antique cars are expensive. It's not necessarily true, particularly now compared to uh, the cost of new vehicles. Antique cars seems like a now it's meritorious time. bargain. Oh, now we have to go on break. We're sorry. We'll be right back. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, 
Contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. All right. Affordability of the hobby. Yes, it is more affordable than people realize. And like you said, with the auctions, people see all these high-end cars, but that's on Saturday night. They only show those high-end cars because that's prime time. If you go to some of these auctions, which really start on a Wednesday or Thursday, and those early days is when you could really score some cars for well under $10,000. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff out there. You just got to do, you know, do your homework and do some hunting. Yeah, I mean, you know, so all of these large car auctions are not necessarily the greatest place to buy a car. Um, but as you say, the early part of the auction, usually the Wednesday to Thursday, the auctioneers are the ones that determine the lot lineup. So, you know, they look at the value of the vehicles uh, that have been consigned to the auction, and they place them accordingly. They know that Saturday night is going to be the big night. That's when they're going to put all the high-end cars in. They might mix a few more expensive cars in on Thursday, but by and large, there's a lot of entry, as you said, a lot of entry-level vehicles that are sold. I have uh, gone to several auctions and wished that I had a bidder, bidder, bidder's card, just simply because occasionally there's a big surprise. You know, low-mileage car that goes for well under $10,000, so you can go to the auctions and, and come away with a decent buy and, and get in there fairly low, but you know, for me, my favorite place to buy is to buy through a club publication and or mm-hmm. right. classified or, or on, online. But you got to be careful. Or at a car event, like you're at that yes. A&T show in Kenosha. I'm sure they have a car around with some great deals, don't they? So... The cars are mixed in amongst the flea market spaces, um, and there is a car corral, um, for instance, and, you know, we'll talk about it as a, as a pick of the week. Um, a, uh, 78, um, Matador Barcelona four-door sedan. Now, 
okay, and everybody's like, oh, four-door sedan, gone. Oh, this thing is just killer. It's got the most amazing paint job on it. And uh, the unusual color combination on the wheels as well. They're color matched to the car. The interior is this sort of crushed, velour, pillow type <laughs> stuff. Moving room interior. Yeah, it, it's it's really really cool. Um, I think it has like sixty nine thousand original miles on it. It's got no rust. I mean, seriously, you can drive it to any car show. Asking price nine grand. Asking that's price. asking price. That's wow. asking price. That's a solid car. It's a great car. If I had more seriously, if I had more room, I'd be a player on it. It's just so unique and so cool, and it's got that, uh, what is, uh, in the AMC circles, is called uh, the coffin nose grill. A lot of people don't necessarily yeah. like it. I tend to like it. Uh, with the, uh, I like the, it, too. The, the G-R-I-L-L-E sticks way out in front there, and the headlights are a little recessed on the sides. It's cool looking. It does. Nine grand. Very distinctive um, look. 29 Nash uh, sedan. $8,000 asking price. Probably wow. 80% original car. Um, you know, there's been some, the hood was repainted and some other things, but eight grand asking price, running car, updated with turn signals on it and so forth. Um, $8,000 and you could have uh, a pre-war Nash in your garage that you can, you know, go out and run down the highway with. Um, just, just cool stuff. Yeah, and other places to find cars, like you say, you know, the best place is really uh, the club publications. You're absolutely correct. And then going to national meets like the one you're at. But, you know, there's, there's uh, you know, uh, check your local uh, cars and coffee or a local cruise night, you know. Talk to people who may have a similar type car that you're looking for. They may have spares. They may have, you know, an extra you know, parts calling around that you, that you can restore if you're looking to go that route. But, uh, you know, you got to get the word out. You got to join the clubs and meet people. And that's where you really find the deals. The stuff that is advertised is usually by dealers or people looking to make a quick profit and slip cars. So you're not going to really get a good deal, although sometimes you can. But, you know, you got to network yourself into the hobby to really get the good deals. You really do. You got to work it. No, um, there are a lot of a lot of great uh, dealers out there, and there are a lot of opportunities to um, get a car without paying through the nose for it. True, but the clubs are really big. I know everybody these days tends to think, "Oh, I'm not a joiner," and all of those things that we've talked about before. But joining a club puts you in company with like-minded who enjoy the hobby, enjoy the same cars. They may not have the car you want, but they know somebody who does or know somebody who exactly. knows, somebody, knows somebody who does. It's crazy how That's all this the network. I have it all the time. Um, and then stuff happens, just happenstance. Uh, a number of years ago, I met a uh, show at the Virginia Museum of Transportation at a car show. And this, this lady just walks up to me out of the blue and says, you know, my father was a Nash dealer in Petersburg, Virginia, and um, sadly he passed away, and we're trying to take care of 
the estate. And uh, do you know of anybody who would be interested in a 54 Rambler uh, Country Club hardtop? I'm right here. And uh I just happen to be looking uh, for one, man. <laughs> exactly. Well yeah. as a matter of fact <laughs> so uh you know, your yours truly was uh in Petersburg the very next after. <laughs> well and, I hope uh, you didn't the, take too much of advantage of us. No, no, no. I you know good. I Honestly, I can't. I, that's just me. Some people can. I can't. I, you know, I want to want to walk away with both people feeling good. I want to get a reasonable and fair price uh, that makes me happy, makes me feel like I got a decent deal, but yet at the same time, I want the seller to feel good too. And uh, I, that's part of it. I know it sounds crazy. I I passed up on a 1948 Nash wrecking truck. We won't get into the weeds with that, but they're rare, and uh, they Nash made them available to their dealers um, from 1948 to 1954. Most of them were exported, but they even for export rare. So I went to look at one that was advertised for sale, uh, made a deal with the guy, went home, came back a couple days later with the trailer, and started winching it on. I started crying. Seriously, started crying. And uh, tears really? ran down his cheeks. And, oh, yeah. And I, I walked over to him, and I said, Leonard, I said, you're having a lot of seller's remorse here. I, I said, are you just missing it, or you just really wish you hadn't sold it? And he said, no, I, I really wish I hadn't sold it. And I told him, I said, well, I said, i tell you what. You give me the money for gas, you'll have your truck back. I've spent 120 bucks in fuel. You give him my money back and 120 for fuel, and you can have the car back. And I, I thought he was going to carry me away and carry me over the threshold. Seriously. So yeah, you want to have fun with this. You don't want to, you know, walk away uh, with something stuck in the back of your head like you took advantage of somebody or so, somebody was. So did he give you the money? Did he yeah. Give you the money? Oh hell, heck, heck yeah, he gave oh, me the so money. He gave me the 100, 120. He still has it. Okay, now he still has the truck. Did you make sure that he put your name in his will so you get your <laughs> dibs on it when he croaked. <laughs> yeah, I, I should, I, I, I should have. But uh, you know, I believe in karma, so you know, so yeah. But you never know when somebody's going to wander up to you like that fifty-four uh, right. Nash Country Club. It's it's uh, it's crazy. But here's the other thing: in order to make the best deal. Be prepared. Be prepared. Be prepared to buy. Have the money. It's not always possible, I know. You know, but if at all possible, have your cash on hand. Have your money, because as they say, cash talks and you know what walks. And yeah, you got to be able to get that deal when you can. And you know, it's not necessarily always cash. Uh, a number of years ago at Hershey, going through the car corral, it's a beautiful 66 Cadillac Fleetwood and very reasonably priced. I walked up to the guy, talked to him, arrived at a price. I didn't have the money. Back in those days, banks were a little bit better about servicing customers. And uh, I called my banker, and uh, I had the money. 
in there really quick and early. I knew it was a good price. I didn't dicker with him much, maybe a little. Got to, you're going to buy a car. But I was prepared. You know, I knew that there was a way for me to get the funds to this guy to pay for it. And uh, I ended up, a guy hounded me for years after that purchase, and finally I sold it to him. The car went back, actually, to live about a mile from where it was sold at Casa de Cadillac out in California. Well, you know, a lot of people think you need to spend, you know, like you say, we see the stuff on TV, 80 grand and 100 grand for muscle cars or, you know, imported sports cars. And you really don't. There are so many cars you could buy for $5,000. I see it all the time. You know, you could start off, if you're new to the hobby, you could start off with a Buick Riata or, you know, a Mazda Miata. You know, you could start off with something simple. Or if, if you like something a little newer, you know, a Pontiac Solstice sports car under ten grand, Or, you know, you could consider some of the uh, GMG bodies, you know, from the 80s. You know, like the uh, Square Body Grand Prix and, and uh, Monte Carlos and things like that. There's a lot of affordable cars out there. Even like the Gremlin, you know. Yeah, they've gone up in price and paces. But I saw a Pacer recently for like $3,500 in running in solid condition. I mean, I, I should have bought it, but, uh, you know, they are out there. You just got to search. You just got to search. And, you know, we all want the high-end cars. We all have that bucket list of dream cars. But, you know, in reality, a lot of that stuff, you know, even if you can afford to buy it, the upkeep and maintenance will just drown you. Because uh, I know I had a Jaguar XKE once. I was able to buy it. But I wasn't able to afford it to keep it running, so I sold it. You know, they some cars require a lot of maintenance, and others don't. So, uh, you know, you got to be selective. You know, you can't always get what you want. But uh, there's a lot of cars out there, folks, so under $10,000. And uh, you can have a lot of fun with them. You know, you really can. I am. They all drive, and if you find something that you need, um, it's going to be fun. And then you, you know, work on that, play with that, turn around, sell it, buy the next one that you like. You know, most of us don't always keep our cars. Some of us do. I mean, their cars, I wish I had kept, of course, um, and didn't. But always I was constantly thinking about buying this and then once I got that car fixed and out on the road and to a point where I was happy with it, I thought about the next one and then the next right. one. So right. um, the other thing of course is, you know, parts. Parts can be incredibly expensive and as I talked about earlier in the show, um, those specialized AMC quote machine wheels uh, and how expensive and rare they are. Uh, outrageous, probably the most pound for pound. Is oh gosh, we're right on break. Another break. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive a greedy value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783.
or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. Yeah, so we were, we were talking about, you know, once you get your car, then you're gonna wanna watch your, watch your nickels and dimes on, on parts. And there, you wanna do your homework. Because I don't know how many times I have been tempted to buy a part, but then waited, exercised some patience, or I'd done my homework ahead of time. You can go online and research a particular part, and if you spend enough time at it, you can see what the, what the part is sold for. It may not have sold on eBay yesterday or the day before, but maybe a year or two before. You can find a lot of old auction results. You find old classifieds to give you some sort of an idea of what the part should go for. The machine wheels, um, they've been selling for between three and $4,000 a set. And I was able to, when I came here, I knew how much they went for. I knew what I could buy them for. And I had, had money on me. I had cash on me. And I was able to buy those uh, wheels to finish off my car for less than a fourth of what people were advertising out there. I mean, you know, I could easily go out there and spend three to four grand and get a set, but I did my homework. I checked around, and I knew every once in a while you could get it, and come into a swap meet, perfect place to get a great deal. Yeah, yeah, you got to do your homework, and, uh, you know, the hunt is part of, it's it, it really, the hunt is the fun of it all, whether you're looking for parts or, you know, looking for that special car, but... You know, like we said, you know, sometimes you just got to step back and say, okay, I want a 67 Mustang Fastback, but I can't afford it. So, there's nothing wrong with having a 67 Mustang Coupe, you know. All the parts are the same. Okay, it doesn't have the same roof line, but uh, you can use it as a stepping stone. You know, work on it, restore it, and then maybe a couple of years later you can sell it for a good profit and then get that Fastback. So, you could also look at cars as a stepping stone to get what you really want later on. Oh, we have a train oh. going by. Do you hear it? 
No, no, I don't. I don't. I thought that was just you. I was going to say, and another resource, uh, surprisingly enough, uh, you know, you can buy a lot of vintage car parts, mechanical parts, through Napa and other places. And uh, and then there are places uh, on the Internet that you can buy stuff from, too. Um, so you just need to get out there and look at all your options. It's The other day, for instance, I walked into Advance Auto and I needed some uh, chemicals. I needed some carburetor cleaner. I needed a few things here and there. I, I bought what I thought was a fairly small number of stuff, but it ended up being like $30. And uh, I thought, gosh, it's expensive. And I was in a rural gang uh, just two days later, and everything that I had just bought at Advance Auto was probably about 35% less at Rural King. So I love Rural you know, King. Yeah, I go there too. I do too. <laughs> I love that place. I love Rural King. It's an amazing place and uh, it's the best place in the world to buy battery to, you know, just, you know, not a, you know, authentic, you know, exact reproduction, you know, for show cars, but just batteries. Their battery prices are great and their batteries are made by uh, Exide. Um, so they're not uh, cheap Chinese batteries. But, uh, yeah, Rural King's great. So, I mean, everything from the chemicals that you buy to work on your car, to the parts that you buy, um, you know, Rock Auto. I've really gotten some decent stuff from Rock Auto. I know other people that have had some mediocre experiences, but, you know, I've shipping though. Bought, but they charge you for yeah, really hot. So you know. you got to be careful got to be careful right. on the shipping that is for sure um depending upon so yeah it makes makes a big big difference um something else that cropped up and this is more of a current events type of thing so most people are un- probably unaware um i've spent 30 years uh working as a legislative advocate for the hobby I'm uh, just trying to make sure that politicians who aren't familiar with the antique car hobby don't craft legislation that adversely and inadvertently affects the antique car hobby. And there's a lot of that going on. And uh, you know, I've worked with organizations such as uh, Special Equipment Market Association, uh, SEMA, and others um, over the years to make sure that we end up with uh, properly crafted legislation that you know doesn't hurt the hobby and supports the hobby if possible um, I heard something yesterday and I researched it I, I looked it up multiple sources uh, you know the world World Economic Forum this past week came out and said that um, you know, all governments in the world should be moving towards a scenario where there'll be no private ownership of vehicles. I'm just like, ah, it's crazy to think that, um, I'm not trying to be political here, but, you know, you have to be engaged. I don't care whether you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, or who you are, you need to know what's going on out there. And, uh, you know, the thought that people are really talking about trying to dissuade people from private ownership 
uh, vehicles. Of course, I think they're trying to dissuade private ownership in some ways, but uh, yeah, man, just the thought that, you know, at some point in time, government could come along and tell you, you know, just like many times that I've worked in situations with municipalities where zoning laws were so oppressive that people could no longer uh, enjoy work on their cars in their own garage. Um, and people don't think that happens, but it has happened. And then now you've got this uh, very well-recognized uh, World Economic Forum calling for the end to private ownership of vehicles. Huh? Might yeah, affect good the luck. car hobby. Yeah, it's crazy. Good luck. I, uh, these are the same idiots who, you know, they probably live in Brussels, in the heart of the city, that can hop on their bike to go anywhere. But you talk to someone who lives in Kansas or Montana, who has to drive, you know, 90 miles a day just to get to work. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to hop on our bicycle. Uh, yeah, but, you know, you're right. I mean, as far-fetched as some of this seems, it, it, it may happen one day. So uh, I say lock and load, baby. Someone comes up to your driveway, oh, just God. blow them away. You know? Oh, God. Call my Uncle Carmine and Tito the Nose and Jimmy the Knife, and we will take care of business our way. That's the way it goes. <laughs> the way it was done from the stoop in Long Island. <laughs> in Brooklyn, not Long Island, Brooklyn. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, geez, I'm going to pay for that one, aren't I? The, uh, uh, yeah, it is scary what uh, goes on out there. Right. I agree. So you have to be you alert. Have to stay, stay, yes. you got to stay abreast of things because, believe it or not, um, most of the time, legislators are not out to get you per se but they're out there doing what they think is positive and, and right and uh, when you bring up the fact that it's inadvertently impacting something uh, such as a nice family uh, hobby like the antique car hobby um, most of them are like shocked and that wasn't their intent at all some people out there want to get rid of our cars. No kid, don't kid yourself. There are people that want to yeah. legislate them off the highways because they have this notion that, you know, they're contributing significantly to pollution. But, uh, antique vehicles comprise, uh, less, less than 1% of the total annual miles driven in the world daily. Um, so anyway, it's, it's just one, just one of those things. Not, not to get too far afield, but coming back to the enjoyment of the hobby. You know, you can go to local shows, you can go to national shows, um, like coming out here. Um, I planned my route. I actually downloaded an app to my phone called Gas Buddy. And um, yep. those people who have been experiencing the pain of diesel lately, uh, diesel prices in certain areas of the country, well, north of $6 a gallon. And... I used a gas buddy all the way from Virginia out here to Kenosha. I'll bet you I saved 75 or $80 on fuel just by using that little app. Sure. It's great. Yeah. Um, prices like varied 40, 50, 60 cents a gallon just within a five mile radius. Um, and all that money you saved, yeah. you could go to Waffle House and have a nice meal. I could. Or I could buy more AMC parts while I'm here as well. <laughs> oh, that's great. So do we have a pick of the week? We did have a pick of the week, but we got got away with it early, and it was that uh, oh, 
78 AMC Barcelona. Uh, that Matador is just a killer, killer car. And I, I'm going to post pictures of it. I dare anybody to come up with a neater car for $9,000 for best offer. It's just, just so, so cool. 360 V8, you know, um, parts are easy to come by, by the way. People think, oh gosh, you know, I don't know, AMC, where am I going to get parts for? But uh, a lot of people don't make the connection that American Motors bought Jeep in 1970. And so, what transmission does that have? Does it have a top light? Well, boy, water. Top light, right? Right, Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that so that transmission yeah. is never going to uh, wear out. It's so durable and rugged and robust. So you don't have to worry about that at all. Wow, that's great. No, and, yep, and you know, the other part, AMC did build their own engines. Um, now, they did yes. for a time during the uh, you know, late 70s and early 80s. They did uh, license the Pontiac Iron Duke. One and a half minutes to end? Yeah. But, uh, but they've built their own engines. A lot of people think, well, you know, a 66 Ambassador with a 327, they think it's a Chevy engine, but it's, it's not. It's built right here in good old Kenosha, Wisconsin. That's very cool. So there's, there's, there's no factories left, are there? Any, no. Any historic plaques around town? Nothing? Yeah, there's, there's some stuff Three recognizing seconds. it. Um, like I say, the Kenosha Historical Society, they have a great, uh, display of cars um, and information about the everything from the Thomas B. Jeffrey Company all the way through to the very end um, when Chrysler quit building the uh, inline six engines uh, that were used in the Jeep Cherokees um, in 2004 and then uh, they built a couple of other engines. I think they finally pulled out of here somewhere around 2008 and that was the end of it. Uh, no, no more. Okay, that's well, like got to shut her down. Did Kenosha have like special names on their menu, like you know, a gremlin steak or like a hamburger and everything like that? <laughs> time's you know, up. At one time, yes. Oh gosh. Well, time flies when you're having fun. I'm ready to get back out and uh, check out the cars. I'm going to post some stuff, Richard, and uh, okay, be back soon. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Cheap cars are good. Goodbye. Cheap cars are good. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.